0: Welcome to Monster Talk, episode 3, where we are going to talk about the Rakshasa, which I used to pronounce Rakasha all the time. Uh, that that uh, was clearly wrong Sounds like a kind for of a tease. long time. Yeah, uh, but you know, it just happens. Um, this is your host Fortwan, joined by co-host Impending Doom. How you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. And right um, Tuesday Tastic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm good. Less than two
1: seconds in. The delay. Already interrupting. Yeah, there is a slight delay tonight, yep. but I'm doing good as well.
0: So awesome. Um, it's been kind of crazy a- as we're recording. I'm snowed in. Um, there's snow in in the southern texas and mississippi area people are freaking out rolling blackouts in texas and um tuesday i don't i don't know what your situation is there you just snowed in or just normal? it's at business as usual uh literally like this amount of snow doesn't matter gotcha this is more than we normally that's why i'm snowed in we're at seven inches,
2: Yeah, I'm not so. snowed in or anything, but I can confirm that my college in Mississippi has completely, like, shut down all campus activities for uh, both today and tomorrow.
0: We should have done the Remaraz. That, 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 that would have been on theme today. Um, but no, we're doing the rickshaw, uh, Rickshasa. I almost said it the wrong way. I'm so... My, my brain is so much <laughs> rickasha. Um, but yeah, so, um, the magical, what you would think is tiger people, but through our research we have found otherwise. So, uh, Doom, do you, do you have, uh, some of the mythology origins for this prepared? I
2: do. I've got a bunch of sources still pulled up here, which is to say just, uh, a bunch of my random notes and right now, but, sure. uh, yeah, they're actually from Hindu mythology and they're just traditionally mm-hmm. demons or unrighteous spirits, usually, that are just kind of running around and, like, messing people up, eating other human, like, not other humans, humans, uh, just kind of, mm-hmm. like, giant monsters, really, horrifying figures.
0: Yeah, which is, you know, not what we see in D&D nine out of ten times. What we see in D&D is the tiger people with backwards hands. Yeah.
2: I have no idea how we got there, but it's interesting.
1: I mean, it's the most visually appealing uh, version of it. Just just having it, it's so distinct. Like, when you first see, when you first realize that they have backwards hands, it's like, oh, that's weird and unsettling. And I think it fits the Rakshasa pretty well.
2: It does. It does fit. the traditional uh, physical description. Yeah. Traditionally, they are very unsettling, regardless mm. in mythology. But usually they're just kind of basically humans, but like extra tall, extra thick. Uh, they got fangs. They got like claws, horns, like pig, like bulging eyes. Like they might glow with the eyes. They might have like fiery manes, maybe extra heads, maybe extra arms. Just kind of generally very monstrous. Mm -hmm. So, rather
1: than being a monster with humanoid features, or like an animal with humanoid features, it's a human with animal features.
0: Yes. Okay. Let's, uh... Yeah. yeah, uh, Very, very far from the origin in in modern D&D interpretation, I I would say, slash RPG... Because um, this thing, I do believe, actually, I didn't look. I'm pretty sure it appears in Pathfinder as well. Yeah. I, I've got my handy-dandy Pathfinder book here to look. I
1: imagine that you can, like, slot this in into any RPG system you want, because rakshasas aren't necessarily something you fight. They're something you contend with over the course of many
0: sessions. But I'm sure we'll get to that later. Right. They actually have two kind of rikshas, and they actually are pulling a little bit more from the lore here. Um, there is a generic demonic looking one. It is a lesser one, and the higher one does look like the tiger with the backwards hands. So good on Pathfinder for doing a little bit of research there. So they took the best of both worlds, I guess.
2: Yes, we've got like the crazy tiger people still.
0: Yeah, of course. Like it's like iconic for D&D stuff. Like all right, everything's iconic for D&D stuff. But like <laughs> the, the, there's like there's like a lot of monsters that have like this established thing because they've appeared in, you know, either the original books or 3E. Not a lot of people reference 2E cuz it was sort of like the Forgotten stepchild of Dungeons and Dragons editions, but it had a lot of good stuff in there. If you ever read them, including the gem dragons you're so interested in, uh, Doom. I love
2: gem dragons. Underloved as heck.
0: I haven't uh, I haven't done an ecology on them yet, but we'll see. Um, my uh, my gold dragon's out though. I don't know if you guys saw. It did terribly. <laughs> yeah, I mean Reddit's fickle. Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially uh long-form content like I do these days, but yeah. You know. Um so uh back to the Rakshasa, have you guys ever used one?
2: I have not. I didn't know too much about them until we started talking about them and then I kind of went back and I was like, oh, these are cool.
1: I have never used a Rakshasa, but I will say I've been in uh, interested th- in them for like five years, and I wanted to like do this podcast mm-hmm. to try to get myself more acquainted with them so that way I can use them. Because the strength of the Rakshasa is just like, you can put them in whenever, or you can take existing NPCs and turn them into a Rakshasa, and that it'll just work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I haven't, but I yeah, do good, wa- good. I do want to have this in my toolbox for the future
2: really good for like kind of messing with campaigns slightly if you want to make things a little
0: spicier um I have actually used one Uh, now it was not it was not in a let's say devious manner that, that you would normally have a rickshasa it was he was the lord of an area and he was openly like in his tiger form all the time um because he was essentially a gang boss that ran a gladiatorial pit that the people were in. I love the uh, idea the players were in. of a Rakshasa uh,
1: mob boss just like 1920s gangster style. Uh, he'll sleep with the fishes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes! Oh! That would be a very interesting just like campaign setting. Just like Ragshasa mob bosses competing for like control of an area or something.
0: I will have to find maybe working together. I will have to find them, um, but I know that there's a string of deviant art posts of uh, all of the not all, but a lot of the Monster Hunter monsters as gangsters. Uh, <laughs> Devil Joe Velocidrome. Uh, I will have to find this, and I and I will. I will, uh, I will link this after the show and Please maybe put Garuga's it along with in the show. Uh, be sure to add it to the show notes for Garuga those people who right. want to see gang, uh, gang. Yeah. Like, and I could imagine having, yeah, no, devil Joe's definitely one devil Joe's smoking a really big cigar in it. Like, a, <laughs> like a ridiculously large cigar. Uh, there's Ignactor. Like I know that, that one's in there. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. So I can imagine the Rukshasa Riksa- Rakshasa fitting into that like right off the bat. Um And uh who knows, maybe I'll 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 draw Rukshasa at some point outside of Doom doing our, our uh our channel art for whatever happens today, which might be a gang boss Rukshasa. <laughs> at this rate, maybe.
2: So <laughs> depends on
0: how it goes. Um. Something I want to, um, but yeah, that's the only time I've used one.
1: Something I want to like go ahead talk about is like, uh, let's let's see where like the mythologies combined between the uh original the original Rakshasa lore and the uh, mm-hmm. new D and D Rakshasa lore. How did their mythologies like? How did the, how did we get to the Rakshasa
0: that we see in modern RPGs? Um, I have a guess, and and that guess is um that there is a lot of shapeshifters already in D and D. So most notably, the doppelganger, um, which the rikshasa already has a doppelganger like uh ability. I also would guess that since it become it comes from Hindu, and then I also saw it later went to buddhism uh as well buddhism adopted it which I, did, I didn't understand that part on the notes when i was reading it because like aren't, aren't isn't that like all peaceful stuff like <laughs> i don't i don't really know buddhism that well but um didn't know buddhism had evil spirits and stuff but um um i could see it as because if you remember uh when we look at D, it comes from Wisconsin it is an American guy who made like so there's a lot of concepts in there that when you take mythologies from other lands they you know to to better I don't know not necessarily understand because I'm not it's not necessarily about understanding but to better like differentiate something coming from another culture a lot of times they take on aspects of that culture and a Bengal tiger is something that would come out of that region. Uh, and that's they specifically um the forgotten realms wiki specifically says that they often take the forms of a bengal tiger uh in the face um but they did they did mention like we were saying before the show um even stuff like mantises and gorillas and stuff and i saw a really cool note that a more powerful one might have multiple heads i liked that idea is a <laughs> multiple headed Um Oh, that's, some,
2: yeah. And that's, again, pulling from the original lore where more powerful Rakshasa did have multiple heads or multiple arms. Yeah. So, like, if you're out here trying to tell us that your Rakshasa is really powerful, give it, like, like make it basically a Hydra, but Rakshasa <laughs> instead.
1: It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Every episode will reference a Hydra somehow. It,
2: it does. <laughs>
0: it's the best monster. <laughs> In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh, uh tuesday you you had a great idea about them being uh outright enemies to gold dragons and i did include that in my ecology as well which you did in your gold dragon ecology yeah so um, uh
1: to the, touch uh, on that this in my article specifically uh so the gold dragons in uh fifth edition are styled styled off of chinese uh dragons so very long serpentine uh, yep. Creatures that are uh, very focused on like nature and uh, and for D anD D specifically like good upholding good at all costs. The rakshasa mm-hmm. is the direct counterpart of that. They are evil. Um, they they are literally just evil spirits that are like the manifestation of well evil. And so for so mm-hmm. I also took inspiration from the dragon being the antagonist to the tiger in, like, ancient mm. Chinese mythology. There's a lot of art
0: with that. Yeah, there's a there's
1: mm. a lot of art of them fighting, and battling to the death. And I, I drew a connection between gold dragons and rakshasas, both being the antithesis of each other. And they are... And, like, gold dragons' sole purpose is to hunt down evil. And rakshasas uh, are, like... Our schemers, like they would, they plan years in advance because uh, they have eternity. And so I just, I, mm-hmm. I like to imagine this conflict between them, where uh, Rakshasa has these grand plans, and the gold dragon is trying to uh, stop them at every turn. And so, and like this is something that uh, lasts for generations because every time the gold dragon kills the Rakshasa, the Rakshasa will come back in however many years, uh, after it escapes the Nine Hells again. And actually, I think... Like a demon. Yeah. uh, And I think that's a good time to talk about Mm -hmm. this aspect of the Rakshasa, the fact that they can come back from Hell. And so, the Rakshasas, in 5th edition specifically, their lore is built around the idea that they wanted to come to the Material Plane uh, back in the uh, ancient times, and uh, because they saw a lot of there. And so they they gave up a lot of power in the nine hells. Or food. So that way Yeah, also food. Yeah. Um so that way they could come to the material plane and eat humanoid humanoids alive. That's one part of it. And to just gain a ton of wealth. And I mean, Rock yep, yep. are the the exact kind of people who would make uh tons of money and then be greedy enough not to share it all. Kinda
2: like today's billionaires. But <laughs> Yeah, they decided to, you know, not vibe in hell and instead come out to the material plane just to get a bunch of money, eat people, and party.
0: Yeah. Um, But uh, it's a really small guest list if you keep eating them.
1: Yeah, and the only way you can permanently kill a Rakshasa is if they die in the Nine Hells. So there's a big advantage to Rakshasas where mm. they will have eternal life as long as they stay on the Material Plane. And so every time they're killed, they get sent back to the Nine Hells, and it can take them decades to get out of the Nine Hells again. And while they're in the Nine Hells, it's danger at every corner, because if they die there, they're kaputs, gone forever. But, mm-hmm. And so they, they want to be in the Material Plane, and when they eventually do come back, they're going to exact vengeance on the, on the person who killed them, on every single relative of said person, on like every friend and their town, like a, Rock- mm. a Rakshasa, if ro- if killed in the material-, material Plane and has the chance to come back, it will do everything in its power to make your life hell in the Material Plane.
0: Uh, yeah, as soon as it can, at least. Um, because there is that gap of getting back first of all it's kind of hard to so maybe it is a good idea to kill them for the short term but yeah maybe not long term yeah although
2: the thing is once you have killed them and they're on their way back they have all that time as they're getting out to sit there and simmer on how best to make you pay
1: they're surrounded by demons who are all whispering in their ears oh how how are you going to do it how are you going to do it and they come up with ideas
0: I will correct yeah, Devils, I... but yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Technically. There is a difference.
1: There, there is a difference, and it, it annoys me.
0: <laughs> it's okay.
2: Yeah, if I'm not paying enough attention. We, we, I think we all make that mistake if we're not paying enough attention.
0: Sure, yeah. Demons and Devils. Yeah, the, the literally the difference is where they come from. Whether hell or the Abyss. Yeah. At least in D&D lore. Um, I think that works the same in Pathfinder as well. Yeah. Um So one way you could use the Rakshasa with their uh,
1: long lifespan is if you have a campaign that has been going on for a really long time, or uh, you anticipate will go on for a really long time, introduce a Rakshasa mm-hmm. now, and it, once the once the adventure once the campaign moves on from these heroes. To the next batch of heroes, like if you manage to have a second campaign in a row in the same world and everything, bring back that Rakshasa as the primary antagonist,
0: and Ooh. that's very. I you know I should ask Pan if she's ever used one because she's on Generation Six right now of her campaign. Um, that would be that'd be, but she's more dragon focused. I know that, so we'll we'll see. Well. Gold Dragon, introduce that.
2: It's
0: true. Oh yeah, introduce
2: Gold Dragon and his uh, angry Rakshasa buddy, who's definitely <laughs> not a buddy.
0: <laughs> He's just kept as a slave by the Gold Dragon.
2: <laughs> just
0: to torture him.
2: <laughs> well, that, oh. if
0: the Gold
1: Dragon doesn't want to go into the Nine Hills and finish them off, that might be the best course of action.
0: Just keep them For alive real? and just inert. Yeah. Just no, You're not going anywhere, bud. Just keep
1: them in an anti-magic sphere. Don't let them get out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like is, that is <laughs> that is one lots thing. That is one thing. Lots and lots of magic. Yes. Um. Uh. I. I do find. Um. So I did put in, in, in my ecology for the Gold Dragons, that rivalry between um, the Rikshasa and the Gold Dragons. Uh, my take on Gold Dragons was much more peaceful, as in they don't really like to, to openly fight unless unless forced to or protecting themselves or, or the people they love and whatnot. Um, but they do enjoy outright killing Rikshasa and sh- showing off to them and and stuff like that where... It's like, you can't do anything to me because I'm a severely more powerful than you. Uh, and that's that's one thing that, um, that I like to play with the idea of a Rakshasa is to a human, right? If you think to your average human and even an adventurer, a is a very dangerous thing. But yeah. that gap, the gap between a human and a Rakshasa is like doubly so between a rickshasa and a gold dragon at at the right age right like cuz gold dragons consider are considered some of the most powerful dragons and dragons are considered some of the most powerful creatures in existence so <laughs> like uh you were going to say something do
2: I you know, going along with that idea, I think if this rivalry goes long enough between a specific Rakshasa and a specific gold dragon, maybe you write a campaign around it at some point where the Rakshasa mm-hmm. does enough planning to get the upper hand and the party has to somehow intervene before things go really haywire. And, somehow s- and the rak- save yeah. the
0: gold dragon who insists because it the- doesn't need help.
2: Yes. The gold dragon's over here like, no, man, I've got this. Like, I've got everything under control. This is like the 50th time. This is fine. And the Rakshasa's actually done something like stupid clever in the background. And the party's got to, A, try to convince this dragon that's super prideful because it knows it's powerful. Like, no, it's done something. You have to take this seriously. And B, actually be able to deal with the Rakshasa. Yeah,
1: and I think one of the biggest strengths of the Rakshasa is the fact that they can, like, hide. Uh, Sorry, lost connection there. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. I can. Um, uh, One of the biggest strengths of the Rakshasa is the fact that they can hide so well, and, like, that they are Mm shapeshifters. And actually, what I've noticed is, interesting in the 5th edition Monster Manual, Rakshasa doesn't have innate shapeshifting, it only has spells such as disguise self, uh, which hides its uh, mm. true form. Um, but I think I read a I read a quote. Can't remember who it was from. Probably by some average redditor. Uh, but uh, the quote was like, "If your party knows they're fighting a Rakshasa,
2: mm. yes,
1: or if sorry." If a golden dragon knows of a Rakshasa nearby, it will do everything in its power to stop it, because it knows that a Rakshasa is dangerous. Rakshasa knows this, so it's not Mm -hmm. going to reveal its true form unless it absolutely has to. Unless it 100% can get away with it. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, where if you don't have a Rakshasa in your campaign yet, and after today you're inspired, take an NPC you already have, and make them a Rakshasa,
0: because they're... yep retcon. R- you're allowed to do that. Yeah. It, it, yeah, you super are. <laughs> Rakshasa-con. <Khan.
2: laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the... like Rakshasas are great for campaigns, because you're allowed to get really creative with what you scheme for them to do. Because I think right. a lot of what I... Like A lot of what their threat level is, is that they have the ability to just scheme and do all these things in the shadows. And depending on how well you've set them up, it when everything starts to come to a head, it can be crazy.
1: Yeah, because the thing about the Rakshasa yeah, no is it's not just the stat block. It's a crime empire, mm-hmm. and they have everything at their disposal that they can use. So like sure, they're only a challenge rating 13. Let's say your let's say your party's level 17 or whatever. A rakshasa. Hey, so
0: is a beholder.
1: Yeah, a rakshasa has way more power at its disposal than the stat block infers. Mm-hmm. And so if they if they see the party as a threat, they can mobilize an army to take them out if they need to
0: right and that's the that's the one of the things that i like to say a lot to people who ask me about like well why don't you have a stat block for all these crazy variants and stuff you do for the rakshasa or or you know whatever article i end up doing and i, I like to tell people that a stat block essentially doesn't really mean anything um it's it's numbers right and once you put numbers on something you can kill it um, exactly so it, it's um it is not the numbers don't make the monster, right? It's it's the story around it, it's the details, it's the flavor, it's the context, it's everything about a monster that makes it that. And if there's anything that I hope that people understand when you know, when I do an ecology or we do the monster talk here, is that you don't need to be tied down to what is the challenge rating. You don't need to say Oh man, my party's only level 1, so they will never see a rakshasa, or they'll never see a dragon or a phoenix or a high, you know, like any one of these monsters you can encounter them at first level and it doesn't have to be a terrible experience because a you don't always have to fight them. Period. It just doesn't have to happen. Um so yeah, I like, yeah, I just the challenge rating 13 really in that only means if you're going toe-to-toe with them. That being said,
1: the Rakshasa stat block is actually kind of crazy. Uh, mind if I start mm-hmm. talking about that? So No, I don't mind. Go either. ahead. Go ahead. If, looking mm-hmm. at it, like, Rakshasas are immune to all damage from non-magical weapons, and this is the really crazy part, they are immune to all spells 6th level and lower. Ooh just straight up immune. Oh no. And they have advantage on any that is terrifying. Yeah, they have advantage on saving throws against mm-hmm. anything that isn't uh, that is 7th level or higher. So you could literally have a party that is un that is incapable of killing a rakshasa.
0: Uh but something I find really sticks always work. What's that? Magical sticks magical sticks always
1: work. Speaking of that actually, they interestingly <laughs> enough, they have a vulnerability to piercing from magic weapons wielded by good creatures. I heard I heard oh. something about the rakshasa like being weak to crossbows. Doom, did you see it? Did you find anything about that?
2: Uh not not off I mean not that I can remember. Maybe it was there and I missed it. That's an interesting I, I didn't
0: one. see anything about that. But that that makes sense. It is a pointy piercing weapon, aka stick that if you magically enchant the 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 crossbow or the bolts, which you can do either. Uh and as long as you're good, that could that could work. Um speaking of which, like a nice transition, how often do you guys use alignment weapons in your campaigns? Almost never.
2: Not yeah, no, I don't do it
0: often. So so something that I haven't got to implement yet, but I've wanted to do for years is Are you guys familiar with how Lord of the Rings does magic items? Like the, the books Vaguely. and the movies. Yeah, basically I mean, I've seen... Well yeah, so basically they can be enchanted or or that kind of stuff, like generic D D stuff, or Someone did something so badass with a weapon, it just becomes that thing. And that is how Sting got its name, is stabbing all those spiders that Bilbo... And it wasn't... It was a powerful sword to begin with, you know, like... Let's say maybe like an equivalent of like a plus two short sword. But like, it got all this power from stabbing all the spiders that that tried to eat them in uh, his adventures... And so that when he got passed down to Frodo, Sting uh, inherited some abil- abilities. And I, that's the way that I like to deal magic items. And I like to assume that weapons and stuff would take on the properties of people, including good, which the Rikshasa does well to sort of facilitate that. If something's wielded by a good person, like their intentions could come through in the power in that weapon. And, you know... Assuming that's the case, um, the the campaign that uh, that I have recently been DMing, we've been going very by the book Pathfinder too, because we're all we've all been um, learning that system to a degree. It's my first time DMing in that system, but when we come off a hiatus here soon, um, I am saying, okay, we now know the rules. Now here's how we're going to deviate, <laughs> and that's going to be one of the things I do. Is is the more the Lord of the Rings style of magic. Uh, I'm not going to eschew the established rules of the magic, magic in that book, but the Rakshasa would be a good way to display that. Yeah. So I might end up using
1: it. I actually just did some research oh, on yeah. their crossbows uh, dealing uh, or killing Rakshasas, and apparently in older editions of D&D, if you cast Bless on a crossbow bolt and then shot a Rakshasa with it, it would kill them instantly.
0: I I love it. it. Yeah, I haven't found out. That's how the level one party wins. Because level one is able to get Bless in those systems. And Bless was like, uh, I don't know. Have you guys played? um, You guys haven't played in older systems, right? Uh, i played played a little bit at 3.5. Okay, well, I was more talking about first edition or second edition, but... um, Um, okay. So there is a game, uh, it is available. I think it's usually on sale, but like not on sale. There's a collection of like, let's say old eighties, nineties RPGs. And one of them is called eye of the beholder. And if you guys have ever played this, it's a D and D themed it's in your beneath water deep or something. But bless is like one of the most powerful spells you can have because all it gives everything like a plus to hit and a plus to defense. And, all this stuff. So having a cleric in your party that's able to bless everyone has always been like a really big thing. But in later editions of D and D and other things, bless is like plus one to hit, and people are like, ugh, snooze, like like that kind of thing. But I love, I love that bless can auto kill a rikshasa. So like, cause like bless was like a thing like back then. It was like, oh no, we got bless on, we're buffed. Like that used to be a big advantage, but it's you know. Power creep over the years has uh, really diminished its use, but hey, you know, I fully encourage. Hey, a blessed crossbow bolt could kill a rikshasa. Yeah, you know, assuming yeah, that sick. can make a really you know a interesting
1: campaign idea where uh, the party comes across an insurmountable foe, and you got to be careful with insurmountable mm-hmm. foes. Like I, I have done foes that don't take any damage unless they solve the puzzle. They're tricky. To work with, um, but let's say mm-hmm. you have a party of like level five characters. They don't have any magic items, um, and their highest level spell is third level. But they need to take out a rakshasa. Um, you could introduce this uh, the idea of the blessed crossbow bolt, and just make it something that they have to like work for. And as long as you don't put mm-hmm. them in a situation where one they think they can kill the rakshasa when they currently cannot, uh, and Uh, to just make sure that they eventually get the knowledge of like how to defeat it. I think, I think that could really help Um, to like allow you to introduce the Rakshasa to lower level characters and have it be interesting because the Rakshasa, it does not deal a lot of damage. Um, It, it can be terrifying because it has spells such as like dominate person um, and, uh, and that stuff, but it's a pretty terrifying spell. It's, It itself does not deal that much damage. So it could safely be uh, introduced to lower level parties and they just can't kill it. The Rakshasa could just stand there take all their attacks, like literally get stabbed. Um, If you guys have read, have any of you guys read Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson?
0: Yes!
1: (laughs) No. Okay. Oh my god, I love that book. There's a scene in the book where uh, this uh, thing called the Lord Ruler which is this really old ancient guy uh who's got really who's really really powerful much much stronger than everything else around him uh minor spoiler for the book but uh he gets stabbed by a spear and he just he doesn't even notice that he got stabbed by the spear he's so powerful and hmm. uh, and like something similar could happen with the rakshasa where your your venturers could like slash like use a great axe like cut into its neck and it'll just pull it out of its neck, and you'll just watch the tissues regrow, because it just can't be killed by non-magical weapons. Um, and I don't know how you want to reflavor that, uh, but um, like just having introducing that kind of like the cockiest villain of all time, because the villain just knows you guys are worthless to me. And maybe have it, and maybe the reason the Rakshasa doesn't kill the party is because it's like it thinks it can use them. And then as they're being used by the Rakshasa, event- they eventually learn about the blessed crossbow bolt. And maybe, mm-hmm. and then it becomes interesting where they're like, when can we use it on him? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. just an idea I baked up while we were talking.
2: Yeah. Okay. I do like no, that. I, not... Especially since it, it inspires a little bit of just kind of like making the... like. It, it's gonna feel really good for the party when they're done with it. It's gonna be, like, an interesting, like, here's a foe that you shouldn't be able to beat, but you can if you're really careful. And and mm-hmm. if they're not careful and they're just, like, waving their blessed crossbow bolts around, you can kind of, like, fling it back in their face because he can just... You can't just, like, dominate person, the guy with the crossbow bolts, if they're really bad about it, and just have him, like, shoot it out the yeah. window.
1: And let me just say, like, this Rakshasa... It'll be the villain they will
2: hate more than
1: anything. My experience with villains oh, yes. is if a party cannot kill the villain, or the villain gets away from them without being killed, instantly they become threat number one. We will do we will destroy towns and countries to take out this villain. And so, like, if you give them a villain that cannot be killed currently and then uses the party be prepared for some very strong words from your players but that will make oh, yes. the, that will make the satisfaction it, of defeating the villain even better
2: oh yeah and it it's going to make them think all the harder about it too get into it more i it's a really good idea
1: yeah just tread with caution right. is all i want to say cuz If your party is stubborn and thick-skulled and continues to attack the Rakshasa to the point where he's just like, I don't need you, I'll just kill you all, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, Uh, use discretion. uh, An aspect that um, stands out to me a lot with uh, Rakshasa are the fact that they are powerful sorcerers as well, and able to do innately a lot of spells, but also... I've seen, if you guys, uh, I don't know if there is an equivalent in 5th edition, but there was in 3rd, called The Monstrous Manual. And I don't know if you guys uh, are familiar with that, but it's a whole book on, here's how to play uh, monsters as a playable character class. Mm. And it's obvious that um, some of them are powerful, of course. So what you would have to do if you start at level 1, you would have to basically progress up into the monsters level cap and then rickshasa was like level 10 or 12 or something like that and then you could start taking classes after that so then uh because essentially what you're doing is you're just making an ultra powerful rickshasa um it sounds like 3.5. one of the things that it could be yeah <laughs> i mean it's that yeah and it works in uh pathfinder one as well um and one of the things that uh, Rakshasa are renowned for is their just innate spell casting. So, what happens when a Rakshasa is like, you know what? I'm going to delve more into the arcane arts. And then that Rakshasa is, let's say, a very powerful wizard. What can a very powerful wizard do near end level? What what is the scariest thing? You kill them and they there's play. a lot of really scary things.
1: You kill them. They go to the nine hills and then they come back in ten minutes later.
0: Right, because that's how long it takes to take takes to cast portal. <laughs>
2: Not to mention, if that is how you're doing it and you're having this, is like a boss for like a really high level campaign. May I just say, if you have access to enough money and you're giving this thing like wizard spells, if you let this thing set up a bunch of glyph of wardings that it just activates for the final fight, this thing can turn into an insane monster very fast.
0: TPK. Final boss, TPK. Wouldn't that be suck? Yeah. Like like I mean (laughs) witches are bad enough being
1: able to come back every few days but just just imagine that they kill this with using all their high level spells because uh it can only be affected by seventh level spells or higher they finally kill it and then it comes back and it's just
0: like i'm not done with you yet and <laughs> we've only got it started start boss fight phase two <laughs> yeah and, <then laughs> it's just,
2: and the thing is it doesn't stop It just does not stop unless they, like, go to the Nine Hells and, like, forcibly kill this thing as soon as it gets back down there. 14.
1: The spellcasters are entirely out of spell slots. The fighter has 20 hit points left. Uh, We need to figure out how to get to the Nine Hells and stop him there.
2: Yeah. Somebody get the Blessed Crossbow Bolt. Yeah, go find a Blessed Crossbow
0: Bolt. We need it. Doesn't matter that we're 20th level. I just... I like to imagine... That, like, this high level party is like, huh, and they've got this new player who's insisting, like, no, I want to learn how to k- play the game from level one. All right, dude, you're going to die. Like, you're <laughs> level one coming with this. And he's like, but I can bless things. See, that's this little cool, yeah, whatever, dude. And then bless the crossbow boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you ask the DM how to get the final shit.
1: You haven't even told them yet that that's, how, that's how to kill it, and they just randomly decide to do it. Right.
0: Yeah, he's, oh, he's just like, yeah, that's just that's his thing. the best thing. part. That's just his thing, is he likes to bless his crossbow bolts, and people are like, why? Why would you do that? Like, <laughs> Well, DMs out there, the if you have a player... The
2: thing is, players do that stuff, too.
1: Yeah, any DMs out there with a player who who exclusively casts bless on crossbow bolts... We have the villain for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you you know, want to make them feel like they're that. really
0: cool? I think about that. Like, um, I I dropped this project a long time ago, but I was not actually not a long time ago. I was working on it last year um, is a full like D&D rework of Monster Hunter and the weapons in it. And one of the things that Monster Hunter does is crossbows could easily be turned into bow guns uh, which is, you know, two of the class uh, weapon classes in, in Monster Hunter but also the bow has coatings, right? And you could just put holy water on the bow arrows and use that as coatings. Like, that's an, that's an easy fix, right? So, like, I, I just imagine like... <laughs> This person's like a cleric trying to be like, I'm the monster hunter guy who's like trying to be super flavorful and I'm putting coatings on my bolts and stuff. And I just, I you know, this, this, the Rakshasa is giving a lot of character ideas more than monster <laughs> ideas right now. <laughs> well, it's like Rakshasa is just,
2: yeah, it's just good for creativity. Like yeah. this is a monster that thrives with a creative DM because... It gives you all sorts of opportunities to, A, either set up some kind of, like, extreme criminal enterprise or, like, endgame for your plot, mm-hmm. or, B, to make your players do something really clever to get around it.
1: I mean, a Rakshasa is literally the villain that can monologue with the player saying, I shoot it while it monologues, and nothing happens. It's,
0: like, perfect for monologues. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah yeah it is um i uh i normally i would have a lot of variations prepared for something because i've already done an article on it but in this case i haven't so uh if i was thinking of variations for a rickshasa, i would actually start to use some of the different animals that they were uh mentioning in in the um forgotten realms wiki and some of the lore stuff saying that maybe the default rakshasa is the one that prefers to be a tiger whereas the variations are like the gorilla ones more focus on brute strength than their spellcasting abilities and you get like
2: maybe yeah and then you have like an elephant rakshasa that's like more of like a like wizardry and spellcasting mm-hmm. And then if you give them like extra heads to denote that they're more powerful, maybe give them some like extra actions or something extra
0: Mm -hmm.
2: like stronger spells or stronger attacks.
0: I would I would also probably have something to do with the mantis one as well, because that that was specifically mentioned. And uh, insects are supposed to be, you know, as far as. You know, our understanding the most alien in thinking because they're so mechanical. A lot of times in their actions, and I would and I would put, um, I would put the mantis rikshasa to where it does something where maybe it just, eschews all sort of like abilities other it has other than like maybe resistances and that kind of stuff, for like, pure mental energy. And that kind of stuff, like a make a full psychic one, because uh, Rakshasa Psionics edition, <laughs> right, right? Because like Psionics is always something that is in haha, the back of people's mind, but like, um, you know, like it's it's a very powerful, like a very like powerful and yet dangerous mechanic to introduce into your games, and um, it is covered up a lot of times with spell casting right if if something is psionic but you don't want to introduce psionics in your games something like maybe a mind flayer they mask that with spell casting um so i could see that being the case of Rikshasa, is like if you could put a Rikshasa in a psionics campaign very easily um so, because of that, and I would probably make that a mantis.
1: So you said something interesting oh, about yeah. the mantis and how they have, and how insects specifically have a very mechanical way of acting and thinking. And I was just thinking, like, mm-hmm. what would a, how would the psychology of a mantis rakshasa change? Because like we already talked about how a, uh, like a bull uh, rakshasa would be much more physical or gorilla. If that's what we said. Originally, would mm-hmm. be much more physical and probably think, uh more in brute strength types of things. Whereas, well, how would a mantis rakshasa think? What what would be powerful for an insect rakshasa? What
0: would be endgame for like an insect rakshasa? Like dependent numbers, insects a lot of times are numbers. Now mantises, not in particular, no, because mantises aren't social. But for bugs in general, numbers. Yeah, so I would say. whatever yeah. head you choose for the Rakshasa, I think that should
1: affect the way it acts. Because, like, the Bengal tiger, which is usually used as Rakshasa, is a good example of a, a very powerful, prideful creature that will uh, mm. surprise attack. Even though it's this really mm. powerful animal that can, like, go toe to toe with most living creatures in the world, it will still sneak attack because that gives it an advantage. Uh, an even greater advantage than it would already have. So, for uh, for example, a bang... Dirty trickster. Yeah, a Bengal tiger rakshasa, they will make sure that whatever situations that they scheme and manipulate towards will always leave them with an overwhelming advantage. Even if they were already guaranteed to win a fight or a scenario, Mm -hmm. like a political scenario, they will still take every single step possible to give themselves the advantage. And I, I like the idea of thinking how different heads can change the way a rakshasa will approach the same end goal.
2: Yeah. Okay, going along that line, hypothetically, maybe since like the higher level rakshasas in mythology have multiple heads, maybe we get chimeric rakshasas. Where it's got, like, a head of, like, a tiger, got, like, a head of a mantis here, and, like, then you merge the two a little bit and just kind of stack it. So not only does it have, like, this kind of alien way of thinking and, like, the deeper, like, lens into psionics and whatnot, but it is also here to just, like, do all the crazy prideful, like, extra step scheming stuff, and it's just, you just start stacking it.
0: Do you do you make it like an Eden where they are separate minds though?
2: I'm not sure that's how the lore portrays it though, is the thing. I think the, I think the heads are probably on the same page.
0: They probably yes, because they're probably both evil and intelligent and they would understand a work. The reason why an Eden doesn't work is because they're dumb. So you could have separate minds where it is two heads are better than one because the other one is like let's say let's say we have a Bengal tiger and the mantis right and the the Bengal tiger what's 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 its downfall you know what's the drawback yeah that's one of the things you got to think is everything also has a drawback right even yeah the most powerful creatures a lot of times their drawback is pride right that's that's the yeah. that's the big fall down for dragons so. I would Bangle almost tiger. argue that's what
2: we're hitting on the tiger, too. I think that maybe... Right. Although, yeah, although usually they like to cover up their tracks, I think once they have their plans laid in place, they're going to probably be thinking along the lines of, well, yeah, look at all the scheming I've done. This is infallible.
0: Right. So you could have, you could have where the Bengal tiger is prideful and something doesn't go well, and he's like, it doesn't matter. Here's the plan. It doesn't matter. I've actually seen this a lot in movies where they do this, where they're like, um, you know, it doesn't matter. I've already figured it out. Right. And then the mantis head chimes in, like, this is a problem and here's how we fix it. And like the mantis being the, the unequivocal, just like unbiased voice of reason. And then like, if they're still screwed, the mantis head being like, we've lost. And the Bengal tiger head getting pissed off and causing a problem. And then they fight within themselves. Or they are one mind that just has a mix of those personalities, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I yeah, like the idea I... of the mantis head being calm and calculated, but maybe too calm and calculated. You know what I mean? Like, where? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I see what you're getting at.
0: Yeah, the mantis head I may I think calculate... regardless of how you do it.
1: I, I think the mantis head Regardless calculate... of how you do it, it's a really oh. cool opportunity. <laughs>
2: Well, no, the it's the lag.
1: lag. Yeah. <laughs> <All> right, go <laughs> okay. ahead. Yeah, let's just probably cut all that. uh What was I saying? I totally forgot what I was saying. All right, let's move on.
0: <laughs> um So yeah, so the Mant- mantis head. I like the multi-headed thing. um one, So uh, one thing we we also like to think about is. How do you put how do you put a rakshasa in different settings? Obviously 1920s gangster, we already got that covered, right? Oh yeah. Um, I think
2: regardless
0: of setting you... you
2: can have it around is just kind of like Faustian bargains are a thing regardless of setting. And I like the idea mm. of a rakshasa being a source of a Faustian bargain and then at the end it comes back to bite you really really hard. Maybe your mm. players are in a tight spot. And they're kind of, like, left with a choice between, well, here's this guy who's offering help. He's maybe a little shady, but, you know, it it, it seems like it would work. Or maybe there's, like, this much harder, longer, significantly more agonizing way to solve a problem. If they end up going with the Faustian bargain route of taking the Rakshasa's offer, although hopefully they don't know it's a Rakshasa because then you've kind of messed up, uh then it just comes out, like it all spirals around at the end back to biting them really hard and i think that can work regardless of setting as long as you have kind of like a situation mm-hmm. in which there's like an evil like if you have like a hell or something and if you don't if it's like a sci-fi campaign maybe it's an alien who knows yeah,
1: i think the so, thing uh, about rakshasas is they like the faustian bargain comes into play just like cuz they're they're going to offer you something, but they're going to expect something in return. And, like, that's just true of NPCs in general. Like, especially, like, the crime lord NPCs, which is usually where the Rakshasa will get overlaid on to. And so, like, I, I just like the idea of them existing to get... Uh, they, they will offer benefits to the party, but as soon as the party accepts their benefits, they become a part of the of the crime syndicate whether they wanted to or not and mm-hmm. so then you have to deal with the ramifications of being another pawn of the Rakshasa
0: yes okay um, I there is a setting where Rakshasa has to change significantly though and it's a setting that I've always wanted to run which is a uh, what, what we call a primal setting where there is no magic it is basically basically the stone age so what happens to our It is that is still intelligent it is a it's still intelligent being but we, being but we have no magic what happens there
1: well they could definitely be i think spirits and like spiritism yeah. could still exist Mm -hmm. And so maybe the Rakshasa is just a spirit that resides in evil humans and will, like, uh, possess them and make them commit even more evil. Um, And since it's, like, this ancient creature, it's had thousands of years of practice of, like, uh, knowing how to craft, uh, like, these massive uh, crime syndicates. Um, even in, like, a Stone Age type setting, it could, it could, like, influence the uh, humans' actions to create this kind of
0: syndicate. Sure. Okay.
2: Yeah, I do like the idea of it being a spirit in that type of setting. And if you don't want it to be just, like, a spirit that goes around taking over people, maybe it's just a spirit that takes over animals that are usually aligned with Rukshas's, I don't know, like tigers, or mm-hmm. I guess maybe you just pull a giant manis out of nowhere. I don't know. Maybe you have that in your world.
0: I, I could see it being like a cult leader. Um, so you go down into this cave and there's this chanting and stuff and, you know, it's got all these devout followers. It's, it's kind of like the crime boss, but... Uh, Uh, in a more primal setting that's usually something like a religious cult or something like that and you know you could still have something that is imbued with like let's say demonic power or in this case devilish power because they are you know immune to non-magical abilities you could still keep that where it's like how the heck do we hurt this thing like it's just not it's not able to be hurt just because there's no magic doesn't mean you can't have you know physical resistances and that kind of stuff i would think so like the answer is well it only can be hurt by what's what's the magic in in primal age fire so like you can only do it with fire damage or that kind of thing or that, you know you you introduce a form of magic and spirit magic or something like that or or something like that that would be my thought with a rickshasa um it
1: reminds me of shekel khan um,
0: uh the jungle book Yes. Oh yeah. Um, have you guys ever seen? Uh, it's actually my favorite show now. Um, and Tuesday, you probably saw me ranting and raving about this a couple months ago. Uh, uh, Gendy Tart- Tartakovsky's uh, Primal. Uh, it is a TV show that is centered around a essential caveman and his dinosaur buddy, and there is. There's only 10 episodes because there's only one season out so far. Um, but um, there is an episode in which there's this sort of cult of these gorilla-like people who are not human. They're actually just like humanoid monkeys, I guess. Uh, whereas you have the, the the main character who is essentially a human or a caveman. And um, they drink this black goo and they become like super powered like... Incredible Hulk style. Um, and you I could see that like sort of like rituals and and like that kind of stuff playing into how Rickshasa would would operate like let's corrupt this this tribe of people and and go from there. Um, that's the thing is like you're right totally right if Rickkshasa could work in even a cyberpunk setting where they are just like the crime boss behind the scenes pulling the strings. And then you get to them and it's like, huh, you, you just shot me with a gun. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Well, that doesn't hurt me. I'm, a, like, I'm an
1: AI uploaded uh, into the uh, Matrix or whatever. Like, killed by my physical body. I'll still be in the
0: interwebs. Mm-hmm. It's true. There it was actually... What did I see? That there was a guy who was actually... His consciousness was uploaded in the interwebs and he kept coming back it was a dumb movie but I, I can't remember it was but he went and found his real old body and killed it and that worked or something like he was like a, he was more like a lich than anything his, his phylacrophy was like in a basement <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh do you guys have uh any any other ideas of like how to use or where to use a rickshasa in... No,
2: I think it's pretty, I think it just, like, in sheer versatility, because humans have all these, like, innate ideas for devils and fiends, where it's like, they are mm-hmm. working in the shadows to pull strings, like, it fits so well into any setting, that as long as you have enough creativity, you can have a Rakshasa-like creature in any setting, feasibly.
1: hmm I think the main thing sure. to remember is, they have years upon years of experience And, like, as long as they're an ancient Rakshasa. I mean, it could be interesting having a new Rakshasa trying to... could be a Rakshasa baby. Yeah. A Rakshasa baby. Um, But for the most (laughs) part, I like to imagine them as these ancient beings that have spent uh, so long... um, Sorry, lost my train of thought. Uh, Just these ancient beings that have, like, spent years upon years uh, just refining their craft, and their
0: craft is being equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one thing I saw in my research we haven't mentioned, and it's entirely unimportant to anything we've said today, but uh, apparently the word for a rakshasa that is female is a rakshasi. Oh yeah, I remember. That's I it. remember seeing that.
1: Um, yeah. Any last words about the rakshasa? That's...
0: A rakshasi? <laughs> Rakshasa Rukshaai, <laughs> I don't know. It would just ended with an I instead of an A, uh, which is weird because in in Spanish terminology, um, A means female, whereas is it A? Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I think it covers it for the Rakshasa um, super villain, Tiger Man or 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 girl. Um that can be apparently a lot of other things if you're just uh familiar with D&D mostly. Um gorillas, elephants, monkeys, um uh, mantis Mantises. even. Yep. Um so uh that wraps it up for the magical demon tigers. Uh <laughs> and with um,
2: backwards hands.
0: With backwards hands, which that that part I just don't get. That's just weird. I think that's just there to be unsettling, honestly. More I think
2: it is. Than. Yeah, it's just here to remind you this is not right.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um. I I will say that could be a good tell. Is like if they don't notice that his hands are just backwards, and that's the one thing they can't shape shift. Like one, because I like to leave tells. Ooh. Like I like to leave tells yeah. for a perceptive. Um. So maybe that could be one. Um. But, uh, anyways, or it's really uncomfortable for them to be shape shifted in the background because they might do things wrong, like, oh damn, my hands are upside down. I forgot. Um, or to the, you know, to us, would be right side up. Um, so yeah. So next week uh, we're doing uh, we've we'll circled back around to my choice, and we're going to be doing the Thrycreen talking about mantises. Uh, Thrycreen are the mantis-like nomadic people in D anD. D. Uh, which I, yes, have done ecology on this, um, but I actually don't remember a lot of it other than the meat of it. I don't even remember the... No, I remember some of the variations for them, but I'll I'll read it over again. I think... um, Also, here's another thing. They are uh, psionic, uh, heavily psionic, in comparison to things we have done. So... Yeah, no, the... So, yeah. uh, They'll be really fun to cover. Like, uh, all I remember
1: about Thrycreen is... They have a really cool picture, and I can imagine them having a super awesome culture, but I don't know anything about them. And so I think Thrykreen is an excellent choice.
0: Mm-hmm. I wrote the Thrykreen while on a family vacation. I do remember this very vividly. Um, We were in Tennessee for a vacation, <laughs> and I wrote the whole article there. Uh, So... I do i a lot of influences of being on vacation in that article, <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, thank you guys for listening um next week, like I said, we'll pick up with the thry crane um and uh, this is yeah next well next episode, I meant to say, um and uh anyways, uh if you guys wanna catch up with the show and see some of the other stuff we do. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Hunter's hub pod. Uh, you'll see this show go up there. You'll see the weekly show we do, which is video games with a monster hunter twinge. (laughs) We, we, uh, we're getting, we're going to get in a lot in a monster hunter with rides coming out. Um, when we come off a hiatus, we also do a D and D show. And we also do a video game book club as well as magic set reviews, which Tuesday is also a very big magic fan. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on, and also you'll see a lot of my art going up there because apparently I've got the drawing bug in me, and I've been drawing for like three hours a day. Um, so that's where you can find me at Tuesday. Where can we find you and your cute cat?
1: <laughs> yeah, my cat's been pawing at the camera. She's great. Uh, you, you can find me at Tuesday on Twitter, and you can also find uh my uh you can also find my articles on uh. My website only on Tuesdays 27.com and mm-hmm. yeah I post on Reddit a lot so you usually find me in the magic and d and d communities. Okay and doom.
2: Yeah, uh, you can find my art when I actually remember to post it on Instagram at underscore impending underscore doom. And uh, I am alive on Reddit, but I have not done too much in the way of D&D or magic yet. But mm-hmm. uh, coming up in a few weeks, you might start to see some gemstone dragon ecologies come out. And uh, we'll probably get you guys more information on that around the episodes, of which you'll actually see me posting them. But uh,
0: mm-hmm. for now, they're them.
2: just ideas... <laughs> yeah I've never done yeah. an ecology post before, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes
0: they're 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 fun but also uh it is it is a brave new frontier in some ways yeah, so
1: gotta be ready for people to tell you this isn't how the monster works
0: hashtag not my orcs <laughs> I'll tell you what <laughs> i'll tell you I'll tell you about that one day oh boy <laughs> um but yeah and also and also be sure to check out our discord for the Under Tub uh hunts you know most nights also you can talk to us here on the show about um you know the various things we do have a general monster chat to talk about the D general rpg monsters so uh thanks for listening folks and uh have a good time and hopefully you can dig out of your snow or ice or whatever you're in right now so later